This podcast is made possible by an almost generous contribution from Mike Bradner, Injury Attorneys. Hurt in a wreck? What the heck? Call the big guy, Mike Bradner, 504-345-1111. And it's time for another podcast episode of Tell Me What You Really Think with our star, attorney Mike Bradner. I'm Spud McConnell, your host, here to guide you through the complexities of Mike Bradner's thinking process. So let's find out, what does Mike Bradner really think? Another episode of Tell Me What You Really Think with attorney Mike Bradner, who's sitting in here looking at his phone going, ain't you, you're like the multitask kid or something like that. I have, um, I have ADHD, so I had to explain this to my daughter. But um, if in order for me to focus, I got to do something else. And it's the weirdest thing, but like when my my grades started getting better, because I wasn't diagnosed, I wasn't taking any medicine in school, but towards the end, maybe the last year of college, I realized what I needed. Like I couldn't just sit in a library or sit at home um, studying in quiet. I needed action around me. Because it helped me focus. So I had the action. I went to coffee shops. I had action around me with headphones on listening to music because it helped me focus. Now, the music was different. It was more classical stuff. My oldest is... uh... It's got ADHD. Well, Frank and my wife loves to point out the fact that I have it too, but they didn't even have a name for it in my day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't... I, I need quiet. You know, like when I'm driving down the road... I almost never have music or radio on. I used to listen to talk radio mostly all the time. Yeah, I don't even have that on anymore. I, right. I have quiet. But my oldest, yeah, she constantly has headphones on or something. And we're just thinking, well, she doesn't want to hear us. But no, it's, it's because she's she's focusing on what she's doing, you know, and, and doing homework especially. And, uh, you know, I have a TV in the back and I'm in my office too. So when I, when I write, well, I'm, when I write large briefs or just briefs or whatever I always have tv on in the background why is it a large brief i mean if I, it's a brief I'm it should sorry, be like a couple like of paragraphs so like when i um <laughs> I, I know the terminology i just don't know what it all means because so i ain't never been in here when i do when i when like for instance when i'm arguing medical arguments i i will look at the medical journals you know out of medical school and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um to get my research down to read the tests that have been done what's worked, what hasn't worked with certain things. I mean, I have, it's called Osborne's brain. Cause when I first did, when I, when I first started out doing uh, traumatic brain injury cases, I asked a friend of mine, who's a neuro radiologist, what book did y'all use to take the boards for certification? And he told me, and it was this book and I read the whole thing and I showed up at this motion where they were trying to dismiss this, uh, MRI. It's an advanced MRI. Um, I started. I started citing the, uh, you know, citing this book, you know, and the defense, the defense attorney didn't know how to react because I'm like, this is the. I had something saying this is the golden standard, um, so, but that's and know. that's the kind of stuff you're gonna need to be to be a legitimate good lawyer. Yeah, I, have, I mean, well, you have to have a just a, a across the board wealth of knowledge. Yeah, well, no, I have. A, I just come from. I was pre-med for four years, and then when I, when Art Lantini and I talked, yeah, I went to med, I went to law school. Um, but 
I'm used to reading the medical journals. I'm used to briefing the medical journals. I'm used to, you know, I can tell you about the cell and everything like that, and cell biology. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 something I bring. I bring two different aspects. I have the medical aspect because I grew up in the medical field, and then I have uh, my tax background, the business background, um, and I'm able to put them all together. You know, not me. You know what I do is uh, I have been with this professor, Professor Emeritus of Law from LSU. Did you go to LSU? I went to Loyola. Okay. Well, I went to LSU undergrad. All right. John, well, you wouldn't know him. John Baker's his name. He's a member of the Federalist Society. Right. And he's been doing like a series of lectures online. And he's and he called me up because once a, a couple of times, a ways back when I was doing Swine Palace plays back in the 90s, um, they they were teaching class law classes. And what they would do is they would have somebody come up and present their summation. Mm -hmm. And they'd give me the summation a couple of days before, and then I would prepare it and perform it yeah. as opposed to. So that made a huge difference. So anyway, he's calling me up to do these things. So I've, I've done speeches for him. Uh, I did Washington's farewell address, give me liberty or give me death, uh, speeches from Lincoln and Madison and John Adams, a whole bunch across the board. I got a buddy of mine to do uh, Frederick Douglass, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, persuasive speech. I mean, he basically said this would snore, snore fest everybody, except that yeah. I perform these things. And I'm, you know, I'm blowing smoke when I say this. I don't think so. You have a personality that is entertaining. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I can see if you're giving a summation, it's not just dry rhetoric. You're right. actually presenting because I've seen, you know, I'm a visual guy. You're a visual guy, but I've also heard people just be passionate about stuff, and and that's when they go. Those are courtroom theatrics. There's a big difference between courtroom theatrics and being accurate and passionate about what you're talking about and presenting it in a way that the that the juries will remember what's going on. I've always cared about the clients, and you we weed out those clients that you know they like to hammer us with the ones that are just money, you know, see this as a money making opportunity. Um, and we'll get rid of them. I mean, I'm not afraid to get rid of a client. Um, and if they don't, if I think they're doing this for the wrong reasons, they're, they're out, you know? So, and, and you spread that amongst your, uh, tribe out there? No, I, 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 I supervise every case. So when a case comes in, I look at it, review it, make sure that it's something good. Another time we'll review it and make sure it's something good and we'll go from there. But I mean... So you can't get in trouble with the bar by re refusing somebody your legal services? I'm, no, not at all. I mean, it's my option. Um, but at the same time, I'm doing it for a reason. Um, and it's a valid reason. I don't, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want people making, using this as a money generating scheme. It's not a scheme and it's made to help the people that are truly hurt. And that's what I wanted to do. By the way, are you hungry? Why? Because I just heard your Bob Arigny. That no, no, I was I was cracking my. No, that's right. a difference between crack, 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 and. No, I'm, I'm matter of fact, I've been too hungry lately, stress eating, and uh, mm. I gotta go to the gym because I'm gaining weight. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well, let's get to what we were gonna talk about the uh, the big supply chain problems that. Right. Uh, uh, it affects us at the food bank, but not nearly as much as somebody because very specific stuff is coming to us and a lot of like overflow. I'm concerned about in the future about us not being able to get the overflow. But right now, you know, they're saying point blank, go, go buy your stuff early while it's there. Don't wait till the last minute. Go Christmas shopping now while there's stuff on the shelves because there's no guarantee. They still got all those ships sitting out there with all those right. uh, 
containers sitting on them, and they got truckers sitting around there on their thumbs waiting to load stuff up and take off with it. Well, there's a shortage of truckers, too. Well, there seems to be a, there's a shortage of everybody. They um so uh, the CEO of FedEx was on Face the Nation, and I usually don't watch that, but I, I for some reason I was watching yesterday, and because he was talking about the supply chain and how it's going to affect the holidays, and I don't remember how many million it was, but that he said there was in orders or deliveries that they've been making this year compared to 2019, but it was. It was a shell. I, I want to say a hundred million, but it might have been ten. Like I don't, you know, whatever. But it was a lot. But it's a lot, and uh, and you know, he's saying that we hope it's not a problem, but because of the stimulus package, we haven't had a lot of a lot of applications. Mm -hmm. But he did say that now he's seeing like it was almost a hundred percent increase of applications going through. Like his, I guess, big whatever environment but um so he's seeing promises and he's seeing like better improvement you know in the number of people who i mean and a lot of people apply doesn't mean you're going to get to be one you got to pass background checks right. and all kinds and, of rest and, of that and, stuff. and you know with all this said it's uh it 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 just means we got to you know you got to do stuff ahead of time i i saw like um best buy and a lot of other stores are having their black friday sales now yeah um I told I told my kids they got to give me their Christmas list this week. Normally we wait till you know second week of December. So got to have it this week because who knows what we're even be able to get. And a lot of I mean, my wife hates malls. She don't like them. Right. Neither do I, quite frankly. So she, frankly, she's been ordering a lot of stuff online. Uh, if they ain't got the trucks to deliver it, and I mean she go she'll buy stuff locally that that delivers to you you know stuff that are stores in the mall but she i mean she just don't like to go and neither do i and and so i'm just that's what i told my kids give me give me your list early because i'm gonna start making the rounds mm -hmm. I, I really don't like to buy online either myself, mm -hmm. quite frankly i like to do things face to face so if you tell me what you want it's not that i'm opposed to going to a big box store but I prefer a local store, and I like to go to them first, you know. But again, I like to do face-to-face -face stuff. Yeah. So, to me, that that adds more of the Christmas spirit than you know. I know the Christmas spirit into that commercial, but it does make you feel better if you go to a store and see somebody and maybe have a cup of eggnog and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I used to like to wait, celebrate Christmas after Thanksgiving because I think that they're just making it early. I, I mean, they had Christmas stuff before Halloween. Yeah, I know. And uh, but now, I mean, we're kind of. We have to adapt to what seems to be the new, the new phase, the new phase, and you know the 20, new normal. Well, it's not really a new normal, but you know the reality of it is, is that in 2019, people didn't understand about deliveries and stuff like that. In 2020, because of all the restrictions and everything, they're, they're like, well, I can just deliver this. It's not going to cost me anything more. But I mean, look at Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos' wealth increased tremendously. Yeah. Because he, he might be the only one that made out well with 2020. Um, so it's just it's just something, it, it's a change, and it's a change nationwide, and it's just a change you got to adapt to, you know? Um, he did say that, uh, the CEO said that in, with inflation, he's noticed that inflation's kind of stopped and maybe started going down. The supply chain's going to get better. I mean, we just got to ride out, you know? We've been down this. New Orleans are used to riding stuff out. 
True. We've had to write out so many things. It's ridiculous. And they're all important things. Or yeah. Big things. Why do we always get stuck with that? Not just because of storms. There's earthquakes and tornadoes. I mean, there are whole towns that have been destroyed by tornadoes up in the Midwest. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is like, you know, they, you know, people around the country like to give us a hard time and just think we're a bunch of dumb Southerners. And, uh, but we eat good. Yeah. But what they don't understand is you put us in you put us in a certain situation where like twenty like with twenty twenty COVID, the whole nation's freaking out and we're like, okay, we're instituting the same processes that we had either Isaac in certain areas or Katrina in certain areas. And I think that it's helped New Orleanians, um, really Louisianians, to get past this. Mm-hmm. You know? Um but yeah, I mean it's just everybody else is freaking out. We're like, okay, we just gotta do this though. True, but that's the people who, who grew up here and that had that kind of stuff. We have since Katrina, we've had a lot of influx right. of other let's call them what they were, Yankees. Right. We've had a bunch of Yankees come in here. Yeah. And they're going, Oh, we love the culture, we love everything, we're gonna come but we're gonna change it to our way of thinking. I'm going, Your way of thinking ain't what made us us. You know, so I mean, it's like it's like coming in. You need to assimilate to us. Nobody's saying that you need to get rid of your whatever you grew up in. That's all fine and dandy, but you need to assimilate to us. It's like coming to America from another country. Nobody's telling you to get rid of your language. Nobody's telling you to get rid of your culture. But you need to assimilate to what made America America. And well, you, we're seeing less and less of you that. You look at Austin and how that's gotten very. Um, liberal because of the people from california coming through mm-hmm. um i think nashville is the same way um i know Asheville, north carolina has an influx of new englanders and they're not too happy about it no. because they're changing stuff they're trying to do whatever um um so you're seeing it they're attracted to certain areas nobody likes to live in the city you know new york city or anymore because of you know, they realize that there's a better way during COVID. Well, yeah, when they were all shut out. I mean, I, I read stories about law firms in New York where, you know, a big law firm would take up one or two floors on one of these high-rises, and it cost an average of twenty dollars to $25,000 per person. Mm-hmm. So you got your lawyers and your staff and your paralegals, and all, twenty to 25000 per person to maintain those offices. Then when they all got shut down and couldn't come into work, they're going like, look at all the money we're not spending on this building. Yeah. So now the landlords who own the buildings are going, we ain't making no money because yeah. nobody's coming in. I mean, they would reduce their office space down to, you know, half of one floor instead of two whole floors and just tell, okay, you got depositions. You 10 lawyers get to come in on Mondays. Y'all come on Tuesdays. And everybody else is doing their work from home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean that's 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 altering the economy right there, making people yeah. rethink all kinds of such. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time, you know. But it's a change, and I don't know if it's for the best or for the worst, but it's a change. And that, like anybody who's who has any kind of success in life, the success from, comes from getting thrown a curveball, and and still being able to hit it. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I was, I was just thinking when you said that. Does it change good or bad? It depends on on, on you and how you mm-hmm. adapt to it. I mean, there's a lot. Of, look, I'm getting old too. I'm yeah. getting to the point where I, I, you know, I don't want change because I'm setting my ways. Yeah. But I see what's coming up, and my kids need to be able to adapt to it. You mm-hmm. know, I can't always give them advice. I can give them advice about you know being a human being and having compassion, but also being smart enough to protect yourself. But as for the rest of it, you got to deal with what's going on and whether or not, I don't know, it seems to me 
like a lot of times everybody's got this, you know, victim feeling about themselves, you know, like, oh, you're attacking me or something like that. It's like, you know, there's, that's when the, as you know, as you know, I'm going through that right now. Um, I mean, <laughs> I see something that's I see something that's truthful, and all of a sudden I'm harassing. I'm like, oh, it's just a fact. It's here. But anyway, I won't go there. But, yeah, don't um, go there. I won't. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh it's, it's insane. But um, you know, that's the thing. We got to adapt, and the holidays are one form of ways that we just have to adapt to what we're doing. I mean, hell, I have a friend, Mo College roommate, likes to shop for groceries on Christmas Eve. Because he likes the craziness mm. that's associated with it. Um, and he's always been like that. I mean, ever since I've known him in, in, in uh, college, he's done it, you know? I've done that a little bit. But but I, you can't, if you do that now, you're really running a risk of not finding stuff. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm buying stuff for the kids now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. It's, uh, it's whatever it's not it doesn't change the outcome and the outcome is that everybody has good holidays that's that's the most important thing i mean are you able to get together i mean every year they had this same debate i used to have it on the radio is uh, okay thanksgiving's coming up do you not invite uncle so-and-so because he always has too much to drink or do you not invite somebody because they start talking politics at the table and they a lot of people do it just to see that look on your face and i'm to the point now where you know oh, we're politics yeah, well, I'm I'm over them. I like screwing with people that talk politics with me, because I don't like it. Like I don't. Politics and abortion are very similar in that people are so set in their ways um, on their opinions from one side or the other. You're not going to convince anybody. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like either you're, you know, you could be conservative Republican or liberal Democrat. Whatever a liberal Democrat says, the conservative Republican is going to say, "Oh, it's you know whatever. Stop being so liberal," and vice versa. You have the pro-abortion, anti-abortion. You're not going to change people, right? You're not going to change their opinions. No. Something, some event has to change their opinion. Right. You know, you and your arguments are not, because eventually just turn, you know, just turn a deaf ear to yeah. them. But, but, like, for instance, though, I, at my house for Thanksgiving, I don't want arguments. I don't want it. There's 10 million things we can talk about fond memories, cool things we saw at the store. I don't want to, I don't want any arguments and I will kick your ass out of my house mm -hmm. if you start a bunch of bullshit at my house on Thanksgiving day cuz I want my tryptophan nap. You hear me? I don't want any With the turkey. I'm picking out on turkey. Tell you what, the wings never make it to the table. You, you know my favorite my favorite dish is a uh, shrimp marlin Stuff marlin stuff is that what it is? Yeah, stuff. Hey, well, it's always know, like a. It's always. It's, it's like a casserole. But yeah, they call it stuff. Yeah, so, you know? yeah. But I mean, that's my favorite dish. Oh my god, that's if, the thing if, you if, gotta have on your. If so I don't have, I ask it, people that. What's the what dish you gotta have on your table that says Thanksgiving, not counting turkey? And that because I'm not a big turkey. Well, I like fried turkey because it's not dry. Any other turkey, I don't like because it's dry. I bake a turkey because I need the drippings because I make a. Big ass gravy, hmm. and then the next day, Friday after Thanksgiving, I get up and I cut up chunks of breast meat or thigh. Or I cut up chunks of turkey in a pan full of gravy, and I make a huge pot of grits, and we have turkey griots and grits. And to me, that's that's Thanksgiving. I gotta have that the next day, you know. And then Sunday, I make turkey neck uh, gumbo. 
But I'm with, I'm with you. I We have cornbread dressing because I grew up up the river and y'all hogged all the shrimps. <laughs> so we had crawfish and freshwater fish up there, but oysters and shrimp, forget about it. Y'all hogged all that stuff. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, I mean, it's, and we'll talk about Christmas at another time, but, you know, it's like it, Christmas has become, at least in my household, uh, it's like turkey dinner, it's like uh, Thanksgiving dinner all over again, you know? Look, mm. I don't care. I just want a shrimp merlot. <laughs> you just want stuffed merlot. Shrimp stuffed merlot. Do you, have you ever had them where they actually scoop out the merloton and make the cap and then shove it back in there and bake it whole like a like a stuffed bell pepper? I don't know if I have. I mean, my grandma. It's a pain to to scoop. I've only had it a couple of times, and scooping them out is a pain. So it's a whole lot easier just to make the casserole. But my grandmother made the best on my mom's side. Made the best um, shrimp mer- merloton. To where if anybody else was making it other than her, I, I was like, I was kind of disappointed. You know. <laughs> Did she give you the recipe? I'm a foodie. No. No. See, I, I could probably get it from, from one of my My aunts. sister, oh, I got a bunch of my mom's recipes, uh, but I didn't have her cornbread dressing recipe, which is what I got to have on my table. That says Thanksgiving to me is cornbread dressing. Because uh, Maureen's family just made a regular bread dressing. Do you put like... um? Is it jalapenos? No. And have you ever had that? I like. My mom made cornbread dressing a couple of times with jalapeno cornbread, mm-hmm. and I ate it. But I am not a jalapeno fan. Oh, I love spice. Well, it, there's a difference between spice and hot for hot shake. You I know? like hot. I don't like hot. I like spice. I like to burn more calories too. I don't know if that's true. But I'd rather be fat because they burn the <laughs> they burn the piss out my tongue. I don't want to eat that. That's not comfortable. <laughs> One bite and then I can't eat anymore because yeah. it's burned the piss out of my mouth. I can't do that. Yeah. But no, I uh, I don't put the only time I I actually like jalapeno slices is on nachos with ground meat. Yeah. Ground meat, cheeses, and jalapenos on the top. You know, if you get rid of the little seeds, because that's where the heat is. Mm-hmm. The actual flavor of a jalapeno is good, but I'm not going to sit there and cut all those those seeds out. You know. I yeah. Mean, but no, I, I use and I use the the pork sausage with sage, and I also go get um, livers and and gizzards mm-hmm. and boil that to make my uh, to make my uh, what do you call it? broth. You know what I want to add to Thanksgiving dinner? Cheese fries. What? <laughs> when you started talking about nachos, I started thinking about these cheese these loaded cheese fries from Winston's. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in Old Meadow right now, and uh, the pub over there. Yeah, by the railroad track. Yeah, so that's, that's one of my. I'll favorite go bars. eat there real quick and just, um, yeah. And, but those freaking, you know, a friend of mine was with me. Jeez. She ordered these cheese fries, and I'm like, come on, because I'm, I, I'm lactose intolerant. You know, mm. I have a problem with lactose. I have a problem with bread grits. It gives me a headache now, so I had to stop eating that. But, oh, um, bro, there ain't no rinsing and living, man. You should go go sit on an island where they don't make this I, stuff. I, 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 look, I've learned how to adapt and do my thing. So, But those cheese fries from freaking Winston's are just phenomenal. I thought Fat Harry's had the best cheese fries until I had Winston's. Well, And they're waffle fries, too, which is big. I, I don't know what to say. You know you, you know what you reminded me of when you are saying this stuff? Uh, Orville Redenbacher. Why? Because Orville Redenbacher had popcorn. On all his t- on, at every meal and Thanksgiving with a big bowl of popcorn right there next to the turkey. I remember really? I remember him listening to be interviewed. Yeah, you know before he died. Yep, popcorn. They had popcorn at every meal. I'm going, dude. 
You ain't got corn on the cob for once. You gotta just have these little white things stuck he, to your he, teeth. He over he overcooked the corn on the cob. <laughs> it popped. I love corn. I'm so pissed off when Popeyes quit doing corn on the cob. Really? They had the best corn on the cob. They're still doing those fried turkeys, I think. Popeyes is? I've never had them. You want a fried turkey? Called Dawn Buster's Kiwanis. No, we kind of like doing it ourselves. Oh, well, that's different. A I lot inject, of people. The thing about fried turkey, you inject it, and because you're putting in that peanut oil, it creates this barrier, and the, the juice is just, you know. Oh, yeah. I love them. Don't get me wrong. But I got to have the drippings because I got to have the gravy. So I got to bake my turkey. And I know people going, oh, you can, uh, what are these airless fryers? And they, uh, I got twin convection ovens, and I bought a pan with a rack in it specifically to cook turkeys. I'm covered. Yeah. I got my turkeys going. We do all three. We'll smoke it, fry it, and bake it. That's a lot of turkey, dude. I mean, I'm big and fat, but I ain't got it, that many it, turkeys on my table. It's it's a lot, and I don't, I don't eat a lot of turkey. I'm just not a big... I'm a big fish or... I'm fish or red meat. That's it. I ate a lot of chicken when I was a, when I was a kid, and I just got tired of it. Yeah, but, well, uh, I, And I just don't like the way you feel after turkey. You know what? That, uh, we're almost out of time, but... I had a, a conversation with uh, a food guy, and we were. He he asked me point blank. He goes, "If you could only have one kind of meat mm-hmm. for the rest of you, nothing, just not one kind." And I, it took me about thirty seconds. I went chicken. I'd take chicken because I can bake a chicken, roast a chicken, boil a chicken. I can take the make chicken fried steak type of thing, you know, chicken. Fried, baked, rotisserie, all that kind of stuff. I can do all those different things. And they're small, smaller than mm. something big, like a cow, you know. A chicken, I can let them run around, and I can kill one, and we can eat on it for a day, and I ain't got to worry about all the rest of that stuff. And, you know, deer roast, I, I'm going to get you. I'll, you like venison? Bruh. I'll get you some venison, because I'm going the weekend before I'm going to the border. Which, I, by the way, gamma, game cameras caught freaking Mexicans sneaking in. <laughs> So you're going back to that spot? I'm going back, yeah, where I saw the coyotes. You were inside the coyotes yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. You're just a masochist, man. Oh, uh, no. It's, it, it, that, I love that area. I mean, a deer phenomenon. Yeah, they're not chasing the deer away? Uh-uh. The deer don't care. Deer they don't come care back. They, 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 that's one of the most po- uh, the heavily populated deer well, deer population in the, in the country. Because the landowners own such, such a large swath of land that... They're, you know, they may have like six people hunting 40,000 acres. So the deer are older and they're, they have bigger racks and stuff like that. Well, hell yeah. Give me a couple of back straps and I'll have a big roast off You're not neck. taking the back straps. That's, oh, but you coming here and tease me? That's the, oh, that's the filet, man. Yeah. The, fat, the, right. the back strap and the tenderloin, but I'll get you a roast. I, I'll take a roast. Big, one of them big neck roasts. My wife will cook that well, up. Well, it's really the shoulders. Those. I don't know how to do the neck. Normally, we, we get rid of the neck. Because the neck can have a lot of meat in it. Depends on the size of the deer. Yeah. In Texas, they're not big. Well, like, I won't shoot a doe because it's like the size of a dog. A big dog. Like, Great Dane. But still, it's the size of a dog. I'll take whatever you give me. Just don't put no jalapenos in it. <laughs> Just give me a hunk of meat. I'll, I'll do what we're going to do. All right. Cool. That'll be cool. Next week... We're going to talk about uh, the turkeys, since we were just talking about turkeys. We're going to talk about a big turkey giveaway that you're going to be doing. And just giving back during the holidays, considering what's going on. Considering what's going on, uh, it's incredibly generous of you, and we'll talk about that next time. But right now, come to an end. Another episode of Tell Me What You Really Think. Y'all watch out for the crazies. We'll see you next week.
Okay, thanks, Mike. Had a good time. Let's find out what else Mike is thinking about next week on Tell Me What You Really Think.